Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One day to go, people. Gestures of goodwill all round. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Thursday, the 10th of June. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Jim Campbell. I've been very up and down, guys, because I've come to the revelation that England aren't going to win the Euros. <laughs> Oh my god! How dare it's, you? It's just how dare you start a show like that? It's just like the night before nerves. Just yeah, calm exactly. down, just chill out. <laughs> I just sakes. think the fever pitch of excitement was just too much, wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't sustainable. You've been giddy all week, but, but, even by, by the, your own standards. But by, <laughs> by, by saying the fever pitch of excitement, yes. are you? Yes. M- Promoting one of your other shows. Yes. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to Football Rabble Presents and listen to Nick Hornby. It's really good. Although I did imagine, having never heard him speak before, yeah. I did imagine he would speak like Colin Firth. Yeah. I don't know why I imagined that. Because Colin Firth played a version of him in the movie, I would imagine. Yes. Yeah. It's possibly. strange how people, it's always like, with respect to Nick Hornby, you know, more glamorous versions of people on telly, isn't it? I suppose yes. so. Yes. Um, no, it's Portugal. Portugal have made me feel feel concerned. What, because really? they battered Israel? I mean, it's not like, that really specifically. Yeah, 4-0, well done, Portugal, you beat Israel. but um, With only really a half-strength team. Mm, yeah, really it's just reading their score good. list, basically. But I'm, I'm very, very keen on the fact that even when they are having a half-strength team, you think of all the valuable players who you'd rest, not Bruno Fernandes, because he always likes to play and he scored two and set up one, not Cristiano Ronaldo, because... <laughs> You set up yeah. friendly specifically so he yeah. can get closer and to Ali Day's record. Your life's not worth living, is it? If you don't pick him. No, not really. No. 
someone I can't, I can't remember who it was Mr. Mr. Chance and didn't cross to Ronaldo and I was just and he just looked so pissed off and I was just thinking it it must be quite terrifying I, d- I don't think it is anymore because if you remember the apex of Ronaldo terrifying mm. is when he scored what would have been that incredible goal mm. against peak Spain in the friendly at the Estadio de Luz and Nanny was offside on the line and it, he just lost his shit then, didn't he? Yeah. And it, it's, it's fair enough. I would have been annoyed, you know. He, yeah. he just left. I, I, he left PK and Puyol on their asses. Yeah. And also because Nanny had sort of, Nanny was almost like Ronaldo's sidekick at that point, wasn't he? That was sort of the yeah. narrative around it. So I was, oh, he's in trouble. He is in trouble. Yeah, this, it's it's going to be like him that to meme the Euros. of Batman slapping Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I like the the last, the second Bruno Fernandes, the last goal, the Bruno Fernandes goal was worth worth a watch. It's like mm. a golf shot, really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, way, the sweep of it. Yeah, like it all, like uh, like out of, out of a bunker almost, yeah. like onto the green. I mean, arguably, he had enough time to say, you know, pass me the correct club. Yeah. And I shall dispatch this into the top corner on my favourite course because, of course, he's back at the Estadio de Luz. Estadio uh, Avalad. <gasps> oh, God, I nearly did that thing. Ages ago, there was, um, well, not that long ago, about two years ago, that guy, um, Miguel Cardoso, another Portuguese coach, he was appointed coach of Celta Vigo. And in the press conference, the first thing he said was, I'm delighted to be oh, named no. as the new coach of Deportivo La Coruña. <gasps> oh, no, I'm really sorry. Oh, no. It didn't last that long. No, but that. it didn't. But I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you think, don't say the worst thing you could possibly say. It's like, and then it makes you say yeah. it. Ross at the wedding. Yes. Or, yes. Um, that, well done. Um, <laughs> well, that was a real... Cultural reference. <laughs> Really good. You've been boning up on those, haven't you? I don't think, Jim, anybody is going to give me any creds for being able to make a cultural reference about friends. Well, you know, it's something to start, isn't it? The, the one I always think about with that is, do you remember when Carlo Torre saw from Man City and just a little slip of the tongue in, in the in the press conference, he said he was delighted to sign for Money City. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Freud just having yeah. a lovely time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a thorough Portuguese air to today's show, isn't there, Andy? Uh, do you think mm. my do you think my concerns about them as a as w- retaining the title? They're, the they're, they're a contender. They're definitely a contender. Um, I, I I think they've got a bit of an issue protecting their defence. Um, I, I think they've got a bit of an issue in defensive midfield. But the, the the squad itself is is really convincing, and they can chop and change like that. They can play really good football now which I couldn't five years ago as well which mm. is okay. a, a, a huge thing but well, I like, well, I, like a comfort. A, I look forward to the bit on Palace like, like, like I said I think they're <laughs> oh, not as much as I am uh, I, I think that they are a little vulnerable I think to change the nature of the players not just the nature of the setup because of course they've got the same coach but the nature of the players I, yeah I, th- I think they might find that a bit difficult there's been talk that Bruno Fernandes' form isn't great but going on yesterday <laughs> he looked pretty, uh, looked pretty comfortable, didn't he? Like having a lovely old time. So I think we can dispel that. His not great form is still He's pretty still amazing. exceptional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think people are clinging to hopes. Well, right. I think if you think of all the players that have been flogged, and like maybe halfway through the Euros, I think my body can't take this anymore. Mm. You would be looking at Bruno Fernandes. You ever since like he's been at Manchester United, they've they've lent on him so heavily. Probably got Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's like elbow print on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, well, if he can still keep it together, then. Mm. 
That's a comfort. Let's talk about Bruno Large getting Don't dwell the, on that. <laughs> getting the Wolves job, shall we? Uh, Portuguese manager, client of George Mendes. Didn't see that were coming at Wolves, did we? Maybe not, but that doesn't mean he's not the guy for the job. No. I, I, I think he's, he's great for the job. And I think to have a Portuguese coach for a strongly Portuguese-influenced squad is, is, is no bad thing. Yeah. Uh, Nuno did an incredible job there, and I don't think that should be forgotten. But it had all got a bit stale. Um, I realised he was unlucky with uh, the Raul Jimenez injury. And, you know, I, th- I think it's, it seems ridiculous to say it's just one player. I mean, it's to do with squad construction. It's not really to do with him. You know, they, they got so much out of Raul Jimenez and were lucky he didn't get injured. He played so many minutes for mm. them. It was, it was incredible. And, and, and they played so many minutes in general, didn't they? Yeah. Like more than a lot of teams. Totally. I mean, more I mean, than everybody that season that, before. That's it. If you think of those two seasons rolling into one, I mean, they're quarter final in the Europa League. They ended up playing in August, didn't they? And the, the next month, you've got the next Premier League season. It is two seasons into one. And you're right, Jim. I think if any team was going to look worn out and uninspired, maybe it was them. And, you know, they were one of the fittest teams in the Premier League, but they yeah. were really uninspired. And sometimes you need some new ideas. They were really quite dull to watch last season. Yeah. Mm. And Bruno Large plays super attacking football. He's a great communicator. Um, he's good at empowering young players. I, I feel pretty optimistic about him. Quite like the thing it said about his presentation impressing the Wolves chairman. I like the idea that you can just come in and, you know, do your best and the guy's going to be like, right, I'm sold. I didn't, mm. I didn't think I would be, but Do you I think am. he brought a PowerPoint? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I don't have any evidence other why do you not well I, I was thinking going old school chalkboard seems, why not? seems likely doesn't it oh. I mean he wasn't a player was he he started his coaching career at something like 21 years old yeah. I, it's becoming more and more common this I am loving this revenge of the nerd stuff like it is maybe that's going to be the future it's just going to be these like the, you know the greatest football minds of our, of our generation are like 13 year old internet trolls at the moment <laughs> but they're going to pick it all up and I mean, if you're arguing he's like Griezmann on the plane buying Mbappe for Newcastle, <laughs> I think there is something behind that because he did he did bring Ruben Dias and Joao Felix in at, at Benfica and make right. them mainstays. Not only make the team sexy and successful, but then go on and sell them for an absolute ton of money or enable the club to go on and sell them for an mm. absolute ton of money. What would you say? So his only senior managerial gig came at Benfica, of course, yes. in January 2019. Initially drafted in as a caretaker. They were fourth. They then won the title. And they were so good. Like the numbers, yeah. the numbers don't do it justice. Right. It, it was such exciting football. It was amazing. Okay. All right. So that's amazing. But else, what else has he done? He was assistant manager at Swansea and Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and he like likes Britain. That's the only other note I've got there. Um, do, is that is that <laughs> likes Britain? I think that's excellent. Is that comforting? Is that enough? Do you think Wolves fans should feel like? Yeah, we're getting... Well, I think I think the Benfica job is, is the only um, evidence we have of him being a first-team coach. And he was he was fantastic for most of it. Really fantastic. Mm-hmm. The, the way it fizzled out um, was a bit disappointing. But I think you look at how Benfica have struggled since, and that puts it into some sort of perspective. You know, a lot of people who blamed him for them not following up and winning the title again. And they did start that second season absolutely brilliantly. Um, has, has got a lot to do with other stuff going on at the club, you could argue. Okay, so we're happy. Good news yeah. for Wolves and fans. It, I mean, also, it seems like a continuation of a plan, doesn't it? Yeah. It's not like, you know, Nuno's gone and they've just gone, uh, who do we get? There's, clearly it's been thought out and it's part yeah. of the long-term strategy totally. they have. Yeah, imagine totally. if a club did that sort of thing. Mm. That would be t- 
stuff. Well, it helps if you're not down to number 11 on the list, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, and as for Nuno, so you, the point being that it, you don't think it was necessarily like harsh that he was got rid of at the end of the season, despite what he'd achieved. The point is, it's a business decision, inverted commas, and you know, new ideas are a good well, thing. It's, it's it's not good for him or good for them if they to t- t- take it, yeah, past the point where it's where it's stopped working at its, yeah. its optimum level. It's, that doesn't mean he can't be great for someone else. It's like yeah. a more patient Watford, almost, isn't it? <laughs> like you can see this decline. So I said, all right, let's do something about this rather than uh, just you know, let it get stale. But bizarrely, you know, because when he announced he would be leaving, it was a couple of games before the end of the season, yeah. wasn't mm. it? And and I thought that would be well. First of all, we thought maybe he would be going to Spurs, yeah. right? And and the narrative changed, doesn't it? It's now really has. it's now mutual consent, yeah. And that's really quietly just become part of the the story of it. And what we thought was going to happen was that he was about to be announced as manager of Crystal Palace, which again. No disrespect to Crystal Palace fans, that didn't seem necessarily like a step up, like a sense of progress Not in his managerial career. But now it seems as though, even though a deal was nearly done, it's it's broken down. It's funny because, like, you know, there are there are journalists out there who know a lot more about Crystal Palace and about what's going on behind the scenes than than me. But I think the way it's been painted, as if he's made all these extra demands. I don't think that's that unreasonable, to be perfectly honest, because I think you go in there after Roy Hodgson, whatever you think of the football, absolutely iconic coach and someone who really chimes with Crystal Palace. It is a job, as we've said on here before, absolutely fraught with danger because, you know, you've, you've got a you've got a clean slate, but if it starts to go wrong at the beginning, do people, yeah. like, do the people upstairs completely lose faith like they, they did with Frank de Boer. And obviously, I think you look at Frank de Boer either side and he's, you know, made some not great decisions and a lot of people aren't convinced about him as a coach. But I would want to know that there is a proper plan. There are the right people around me to, yeah. to do that. I don't think that's unreasonable. Also, they had so many players whose contracts were up at the end of the season. We signed Ben really... Tekkers, though, haven't yeah, they? they have, yeah, Ben with, 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 <laughs> without, without even knowing who the, the next coach exactly. is. Exactly. Which is interesting. Years. Two years. So they're really confident. Well, it's, um, be- it's better than 10. But no, no, it's not a 10-year contract. And we are referring, of course, to Osasuna's John Mon- Monkeola, I believe that's pronounced. They've given him a 10-year contract. He's 23, is he? Something like that. And they've des- described him as potentially becoming an emblem for Osasunism. Which is- <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't, you can't put in an official statement, uh, potentially a victim of Stockholm Syndrome, can you? <laughs> but what is, it, what is this about? So 2013, uh, 2013, 2031. That will run to. It's, it's a very, sort of party so effect. All, all very symbolic. I mean, if, if we go back a couple of years, Atletico Madrid did this with Saul. They extended him for yes. nine years. But, and like four years in, he's regretting it already. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I mean, presumably that's a, that's a fixed rate as well. So it's like, you know, we're just... So it's like, I believe it. When he's signing this contract and he's like, I believe in myself, but, but not th- like, totally. Like the benefit for him, of course, like there are like two contracts, I think, in La Liga that don't have a buyout clause. It is best practice that you, you have a buyout clause. Yeah. And Moncarola's buyout clause stays the same for the first two years and then it goes down by a couple of million right. after the first two years. Okay. So if you stay there, you smash it for two years and then, I realise this isn't the headline. I'm being very boring about this. But it does mean when you're 25, there's a good possibility okay. of you get, yeah. you're getting sold for a very reasonable fee. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll see more of this. Who yeah, because I, I thought the idea was like it would just be impossible for him to be bored out because it would just be too painful. But it doesn't sound like that's the case. Well, can always you know, be done, ma- ma- maybe he'll sell it like that if he doesn't improve. Yes. Okay. Good point. <laughs> uh, 
Elsewhere in managerial news, Maurizio Sarri has been announced at Lazio. Of course he has. Uh, by a cigarette emoji. Did you see that? That was excellent. I, yeah, Twitter might have peaked there. I mean, it was beautiful. It's Did, brilliant. Presumably that was, you have to agree that was Sarri beforehand. <laughs> I mean, Jim, if I know anything about you, it's that you are excellent with emojis and stickers. Were you disappointed <laughs> that it was not a emoji of a chewed cigarette? Is there an emoji of a chewed cigarette? Yeah, I don't, I don't believe there is. I'm sure they Jim they can make have, them though, can't you? Uh, well, is exactly. that just a face? Just, just come on, get on thing. it. It's not well, what are you doing that. sitting here? <laughs> come on, behind your laptop. I do know a man who is an emoji expert and has been interviewed on the news about them. Stop it. His name's Keith. Um, maybe I'll see if I can get him to. How did knock Keith up come her. to be an emoji expert? I don't really know. But, um, <laughs> do you really know yeah, this? I, no, I do genuinely know this. That's quite a strap line. Yeah. <laughs> or is yeah. this a product of your yeah. fibro imagination? I'll see if he can get get a chewed up cigarette emoji made just for Sari. Juventus, Juventus, Lazio will be uh, delighted by it. But what 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 a what a brilliant moment for the social media manager there. But um, Sari is fascinating, isn't it? All the managerial changes. Eight, yeah, eight managers in the top ten, yeah, and or the eight cl- teams rather. The classics coming back like him, yeah. Allegri, Mourinho, Spalletti. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So it's like not live nostalgia. Band yeah. back together. Yes. Yeah. Great. So he's Sarri's got a two-year deal after he's out of a job, of course, last since last summer. Uh, elsewhere, closer to these shorts, Ange Postecoglou has been appointed at Celtic. Uh, that's another one who's been waiting around for a while, isn't it? 12-month 12, 12 rolling deal. Uh, the Jerry Francis, I believe they call it. <laughs> yeah, it was a favourite of his, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Tell me more. Well, like 12 yeah, months think, and yeah, at, the, at the end of it, they say, do you want to carry on? And <laughs> and go, yeah, all right. <laughs> it's just, I was thinking of it more as a Marcelo Bielsa. No. Right. Yeah, maybe. That's, that's a, a more modern uh, reference point. Who'd yeah. have thought you'd have come up with a more modern reference point? That's within the Enrons of, yeah, you're right, you're yeah. right, you're right. Um, the question was around whether he could take the job without a UEFA Pro licence, but they applied for an exemption. I mean, he has been in management for 25 years. Yeah, that, if you are going to get an exemption, that seems seems to be when you should be able to, right? Yeah. Surpri- but does, does, does that mean choice. he has to do the Pro licence? Well, he's imagine time. that you, your manager's got to skip off early from training to like qualify as a manager. <laughs> like, yeah, they're really inspiring confidence in the squad. <laughs> Old Ange, he's having his toot around to make sure he can mug up on his drill. Well, yeah. all it'd do is like cut down on golfing time, presumably, wouldn't it? I mean, not that any footballer should be expected to go without that. Oh no, no, absolutely no. not. Especially not in the British Isles. Although apparently they don't play it so much anymore, do they? They're running to FIFA. Oh, Apparently, no. golf is dying out as a sport. Really, they, they don't of, even play football. They don't even play it. golf on the Wii Fit. <laughs> Maybe they do. Yeah. Is that really true? Where, where, where are you hearing this? Internet. <laughs> <laughs> Sources close yeah, to can't, Jim. I can't remember. <laughs> Sources close to Milkman. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that bombshell, uh, let's get to a break. And then when we come back, we'll be telling, we'll be hearing about Paolo Fonseca and the lightest slap on the wrist in history. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Bernie Katz was fun. He was kind. When he walked in, the room just lit up. And there was something magical about this young man that just had a glint in his eye, that didn't give a shit about anything, but loved everything. My first impressions were of a huge, vibrant and outgoing personality, all hugs, grins, extravagant language and wild attire. Always in a leopard skin jacket, whirling around like a windmill. I know, she's a character. I don't know if those people exist anymore. They're sort of dying out. Everything's changed. It is a bank holiday weekend in London, the late summer of 2017. The streets around Kentish Town, just north of the city and halfway towards Hampstead Heath, are unusually quiet. That evening, in a small, converted flat, just a 15-minute bus ride from King's Cross Station, Bernie Katz, pocket-sized and long-standing front-of-house manager of London's Groucho Club, is found dead by his landlord. I said to him, what happened? You know, and he said, we are not talking about it. And yes, there have been the rumours. We've all heard. I mean, what did I hear specifically? That he was murdered. His relationship with his father was so toxic. He hated the idea that his son was gay. His right. dad was a proper gangster. Bernie came down, there was a car far from. Guy blows his dad's head off. They were all part of the same fetid, seething, self-referential nest of vipers that I think the Groucho had become. Was Bernie depressive? I think yes. When alone, a condition he rarely sought, he had demons that flew about his head. I get a call from Bernie and he is in £20,000 worth of debt with the Albanian gangsters in Soho. We all collected and paid the debt. The way that the Albanians operate is very, very peculiar because they did not operate like any other mafia in Europe. I've never been able to establish exactly what happened and why, but whatever it was, it was so wrong. Bernie, who killed the Prince of Soho? Listen now. A Stack Production, available wherever you get your podcasts. And put away by Daniel James, that time. Great penalty. Go on, Wales. <laughs> cool.
Thank you. <laughs> Welcome back to the Football Ramble. It's me, Andy and Jim in your ears today. And now let's get to a few of these. You know if you got a The gyrating in here is uh, hard to handle. Yeah. You can't help yourself though, can you? So Edward Ritt has been in touch. Uh, on, on yesterday's show, uh, you congratulated Curacao on advancing uh, uh, in qualifying for the 2022 World Cup. That's all good, though Hiddink has not actually been on the sideline recently as he's dealing with COVID issues and Patrick Clivert has taken charge in his stead. Like, what a dream team Wait, that is. Wait, is Edward yes. a Curacao fan? Where, where, where have we got so. this guy We've from? So. But, but you missed the lead. Curacao won its group, but it was at the expense of Guatemala, who scored 14, conceded none, and missed out on the third tiebreak as Curacao scored 15 in total, the last in stoppage time, an 8-0 victory against the British Virgin Islands before the 0-0 draw of the Guatemala. So that Sounds is, all above board, doesn't that it? That is tight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Perfectly you normal. You absolute cynic, Brass. Um, yeah, well, congrats to Curacao. Good job. Sorry sorry to hear that about Guatemala. Thanks for, thanks for clearing that one up, Edward mm. Ritter. We've got... We've got <laughs> consultants and, you know, reporters all over the world. Yeah. And thanks for, for clarifying how to pronounce Curacao. Oh, anytime. A <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, quick thing to say, you guys, is get over to our socials and share your Euro predictions with us, please. Uh, it's the usual good stuff, including notable mad shit for the tournament and other things less exciting like who you think is going to win England obviously yeah we've had a few highlights so far uh, one from Dan Polidano whole team isolates for Covid under 21s call in and win the game team goes on to win the tournament people call foul European super euro <laughs> setter uh, Dax uh, Frank de Boer masterclass Netherlands win I can see them get into the final in a sort of Dominic style can you? Yes. Um, Asher says uh, Werner isn't offside. You're, you're mad. <laughs> Alvaro Morata is screaming at his listening receptacle at the moment, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, so just find our socials uh, at Football Ramble, obviously, to get your own predictions down ahead of the tournament. We love to see them and uh, keep the mad shit coming in as usual. Show up for both there and show out footballramble.com. Right, Andy Brassel, it's time for the moment to either... Persuade me of great things that are coming to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium potentially next season or to crush my hopes and dreams as you already have done today multiple times. Paolo Fonseca. (laughs) Spurs are reportedly in advanced talks with him, not Pochettino. He is dead in the water for a second time, as we already knew. He's left you twice. The pain is is real. Thank you, Jim. Uh, So, and clearly Fonseca is the guy that Jose Mourinho has replaced at Roma. <laughs> it's a joke swap, essentially, ultimately. Perfect. It is. But maybe this is the step on from the Amazon series. <laughs> right. You know, coaching, coaching job swap. That could be series two, couldn't it? Yes. All right. That sounds great. So, I mean, he's, he's won things in his career, though. I mean, how 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 would you rate his chances of being a success there, Andy? Well, it, it depends what you mean by success, really, Jim, because um, I can understand why people would be uninspired because he's, yeah, 74th choice for, for, yeah. for the job. Um, 
he has had some great moments in his coaching career. Um, getting past the Ferreira in the top three, um, winning all those doubles at Shakhtar. When basically, and let's get this straight, he took over a homeless club that was not champion of their league with budget cuts and took them to three successive doubles yeah. and decent runs in Europe and established a playing identity, uh, re-established a playing identity. I don't think that's to be sniffed at. And when Roma were good, they were really good. But they didn't beat anyone in the top eight last season. It all fell to absolute shit in the last third of the season. And my feeling about him is he's always a really good but not quite elite head coach. That that is What that, a fit. That is my feeling. Because I I, I just think it, he's always struggled a little bit under intense pressure. Mm. It, was, it was this amazing bit when he was in charge of, of Porto, his, his first major job that didn't go particularly well. And uh, just before he got fired, they um, let slip a two-goal lead against Eintracht Frankfurt um, in the Europa League, the game that I was at. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, they uh, did the flash interview with him. And they said, uh, so um, what what happened there? Uh, they you know, you let the two goal lead slip. And he said, yeah, it's always, it's always tough when Bayern Leverkusen starts to play their football. So not only did he get the wrong team, he got the wrong team name for the wrong team. Yeah. And at that moment, I've, I've never really felt like before, I don't want to throw something back in his face that happened years ago, but I've never before felt that not, not that I was not angry for a coach, but, like wanted to take him home for some soup and a decent <laughs> night's sleep. Yeah, uh, it's it's a little bit concerning. And other moments with Roma, um, where he crumbled under under pressure. I think you look at the second half of the United game in the Europa League semi final in the first leg. Even though they had some injury issues there, and he had a lot to deal with at Roma. I think what this goes back to, and Paratici obviously had a long conversation with him and he's still having a long conversation with him as far as we know, likes what he sees. So he's the guy who's been appointed already as sporting, sporting director. Sporting director, that's right, who's just left Juventus. Mm. But I I think he's thinking he took over a very unenviable situation at Roma post that team that got to the semi-finals of the Champions League in 2018 that lost Alisson, that lost big characters out of the dressing room like Strokeman, like De Rossi, like Nainggolan. And he had to rebuild from there. So I think, you know, a lot of people would say, well, they had a bad end to last season, but they played some nice football during it. And, you know, he had a, he had a massive rebuild to deal with, with not much money. That is what would primarily concern me if I was a Spurs fan. The fact that you bring in this guy who you think will get slightly above par done with not much money. Because how you get from Conte to Fonseca, that's, that's what I can't really work mm. out. Yeah, you said something on a text. Am I allowed to say that aloud? Like, I'd be a bit concerned. <laughs> Where's that effect? Yeah, a, a little. Look, all all I will say is the football will be a lot more entertaining than it was under Mourinho. Mm. Okay, well, because his 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 sides play nice football. Thanks for really um throwing me a bone there. Nope. Well, James Horncastle, formerly of his parish, says he's svelte and rather charming. Yeah, I mean, we don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> Coldplay say. I'd quite like Pochettino back. Did you yeah, see that? Yeah, I did see that. What are they weighing in for? I don't know. I, I did. they can say what they want, can't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, d- I don't think anyone's going to 
be able to use that backing to convert it into anything no. useful. But so was it one of the non-Chris Martin blokes? I believe so. It's a JB after re- I don't know who why JB are we is. Even reporting it then. <laughs> Apologies, I'm clutching at straw. Oh no, wait, that's not even a good straw. That's just me <laughs> yeah. saying what I think and putting it in the mouth of a man of Coldplay that I've not heard of. Uh, yeah, if he's appointed, then he's going to face. He could face Marino's Roma in the inaugural. Europa Conference League after mm. both sides qualified for this exciting new competition by finishing seventh in their respective leagues. Apparently, Ajax is Eric Ten Hag is still a contender, though. Okay, fine. I think. Thank you, everybody. That was that was fun. Jose Mourinho. Um, oh, apparently he wants to sign Granit Xhaka. Um, and Xhaka at Roma. This is Granit Xhaka says he's proud to be in Mourinho's good books. Yeah, I think um, that they're. they're Talk is of, of a fee of something like 15 million euros, which it, Arsenal need to get more from than that. Um, mm. Because Arsenal are terrible at outgoing transfers, like really, really bad at like getting the maximum or even close to like reasonable for, for, for the players they sell sometimes. But I think obviously Granit Xhaka is a far better player than he's been made out to be and also has, has had a pretty good season and his his forward passing is, is quite underrated as well. People mm. think of him as a bit of a crab player, 100%. but he's, he's yeah. not that at all. I think he is quite. He's limited in certain areas, but, but he's he's going to be a myth for Arsenal in, in a way I think people don't understand. But I th- I think this is likely to happen. I think twenty eight good times to get some money for him. Um, I don't know what Arsenal do to replace him. That's what you know the, the sort of chest beating like oh, good about time we get rid of him. Sort of you know Arsenal Twitter brigade brigade would be glad to see the back of him. I'm sure, but mm-hmm. um, he is going to leave a hole. Like he is aside from a sort of top form fully fit Thomas Party, which we've not seen that much of at Arsenal. He is Arsenal's best midfielder. Does but, this and... condemn uh, Saka to playing left back every time there's an injury? Yeah. <laughs> I think Saka's just going to play everywhere. Yeah. He'll have yeah. like a free role, which will be more like <laughs> put out any fire you can find. <laughs> well, the thing is in the transfer, so the transfer window is open now, um, but it just feels as though Chelsea, Man City and PSG are pretty much the only people who are going to be making any transfers. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those windows, isn't it, where when the first big move happens, that will free up everything else. And that's probably going to not happen until after Euro 2020. So it will be absolute silly season. Well, uh, yeah, what I'm looking forward to is loads of crazy swaps because yeah, the, the market is relatively like depressed. The Panini window. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. And what better time to have that than during a tournament? Mm. Summer, you know, I'll give you two shinies for Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> I think I'd, if, if I was Juventus with those wages, I'd take one in a club badge. Yeah, absolutely. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. Chelsea, speaking of Chelsea, they've just matched uh, PSG's £56 million bid for Inter right back Ashraf Hakimi. You think this is a good move, Brass? It's, it's, it's amazing for Inter. For Inter, yeah. I, I mean, I really like Hakimi. He's, he's a great player, shown no evidence that he can play in a back four. So you're looking at him playing right wing back where he is. He is super fun. He'd be really good, I think, either for Chelsea or PSG. But for Inter, when you're skint and you need to sell quickly, they're making a massive profit on someone in a depressed market who they can replace and they're not having to sell Lukaku. That sounds pretty good to me. Okay. All right. Facts. And Man City also planning for the future. Stephen has confirmed this week that 13-year-old Lika, I don't know, Lekker Drake has joined City for £400,000. What do you reckon we were worth at 13? More than now? Yeah. I think. We had potential then. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. You can sell I, that, I think I think we're pushing Kate over the edge here, aren't you we? Really, you really, know? really, really I'll tell you what, if you re-ask the question at 14, because between when I was 13 yeah. and 14, I grew seven inches. 
So that wow. that was that was probably my best year at football. Okay. I reckon I would have gone for more than four hundred thousand yeah. then because of the the potential. So much with Jim as my manager, <laughs> as my agent. That's that's more of a comfort, I guess. I mean, the other thing I'm just about to try and I don't know weasel some comfort out of this is that um, Mourinho, to return to him before I forget, uh, says that we actually did win half at well he won half a trophy at. <laughs> astonishing that isn't it so you know don't worry Spurs fans we actually yeah. got no, a half a final half a trophy but a final is half a trophy and he wasn't there for yeah. it how many trophies have you won in your career you can ask me and I will tell you 25 and a half the half is the final that I didn't play with Tottenham what, so he's you, saying it's like in the but, hand but, because he would have he would have, he would have won, won it. it yeah I mean you can't drink out of half a cup can you <laughs> well, I mean, I, you could sort of turn it into a saucer. I suppose you could, yeah. But it, I mean, what do Man City think about that? Because <laughs> presumably they've got the whole thing. I mean, if anyone could spare half of a Carabao Cup, it's, yeah, it's them. probably them. But still, yeah. Do you know who um, who he said this to, Jose Mourinho? Do you know who was interviewing him? Oh God, who? James Corden. Because of course it was. If James wow. Corden has to be everywhere, and I think we live in a reality where we have to accept that that is just the case, <laughs> yes. can we not like make him fight Floyd Mayweather or something? Like, why is he? How is he everywhere? I can't explain how is that. Jose Mourinho speaking to him about winning half a cup? Do, do you think James? For the sun? This isn't this isn't Mourinho's fault at all. Basically, oh, James, James Corden is prompting When's him to it ever say Mourinho's these fault? So did uh, David Trimmer say that he'd done? eight and a half series of friends or something because they were doing the special. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably did. So, yeah. I mean, how do you feel about the half a cup? Is well, it? I feel like that's a very patronising you, you, still, you still drink out of the Carabao Cup finalists <laughs> mug, don't yeah. you? I didn't smash it, yeah. You need to right. correct it. Because my, my good friend Luke bought it for me and I wouldn't <laughs> want him to feel like I'd rejected his or, utterly mocking gift. But, but don't get rid of it until you actually win a cup. Yeah, it's yeah. like he was yeah. he didn't want it he wasn't gonna cut their hair like not like David Louise or someone. Do you remember until yeah, they I scored? Think it was Louise, yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's a bit like that. I'm mm. just gonna be drinking out of that bloody cup until I'm ninety. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, hating it every day. Uh, it's actually more ridiculous than his treble at Man United, isn't it? He's, oh, yeah. he's actually He's really upped his game on that, yeah, hasn't he? Or lowered his game? Yeah. It's impressive. Either way, he also reminded everyone that he had an offer to become England manager in 2008 after he left Chelsea, but he turned it down. Also an offer to manage Real Madrid and Portugal on the side on a part-time basis. That seems like a missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, speaking of missed opportunities, before we get out of here, um, let's talk quickly about the six Premier League clubs. They've been through the mill here, the six breakaway lads. They, they will certainly never do anything naughty again because... Those clubs that were involved in trying to start a breakaway league that would destroy the entire football pyramid and sequester money off in a little unbreakable chamber, which involved uh, no relegation or promotion or very limited amounts that would mean that they were in charge of everything. They have been fine, guys, in a way that means they will absolutely never, ever try and do something again. £22 million between them by the Premier League. Between them. So th this is this is essentially if you were to I don't know book a table for work drinks put down a deposit and yes. not turn up, mm. it, yeah, isn't it? That, yeah. that, that's basically what yeah. it is for them. Or is it like? I mean, obviously that's disgusting behaviour, but you know, <laughs> it's something that they can, they can stomach the loss. Yeah. Or is it more like I try and steal Jim's car, and then I'm like very sorry and give you a tenner. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, Take I, that I didn't petrol. actually steal it, but I would like I was caught. That was it. I was caught trying to steal Jim's car. Yeah. So what? You had the keys in your back pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I could have ne- gone you, away. You never with actually it. got on yeah. the drive. Yeah. Right. Okay. I think that's the direct equivalent, isn't it? Yeah, I can't drive, but I feel like representing Arsenal in this whole like <laughs> debacle that's actually appropriate because <laughs> I shouldn't be there anyway. <laughs> So yeah, it basically equates to about three point five million pounds per club. Um, yeah, it's... I'm just that gap was just for like think about all the money that they have. Mm. Did we did we really expect anything different though? And I... also, does does a financial penalty, unless it's hundreds of millions, which they're not going to accept, does it really do anything anyway? Yeah, I mean, you got to wonder how much the Premier League wants to damage these clubs when they are the jewels in the crown despite what happened and, and there it, was talk of points deductions and stuff but then that makes for a very very strange season and I don't think you would you would have almost the version of the post Calciopoli season in Italy yeah. where it was a bit weird and it was a terrible look for, every, for just for the league yeah it, diminish, it diminishes the brand which is yeah. what the, the, the Premier League is all about and you know every brand for want of a better world is has taken a, a beating in some way or other over the, 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 the pandemic. I feel like the last season and a half in the Premier League has been the poorest I can remember mm. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a long time and obviously the Premier League wants to see its way out of that. Would you like to hear what the wording is of the breach of the rule that they made? So they breached rule B16 which outlines that each club shall behave towards each other club and the league with the utmost good faith. Only breached it a little bit, didn't they? Yeah. Just not quite the utmost. I'm going to start using that that phrasing in telling offs in the future. <laughs> <laughs> you do get you do get tired of the sound of your own voice. Telling people off. Yeah, I, I think can can you say to two brothers under ten? I, I feel that you've not acted in the utmost good faith to each other. Oh, absolutely, you can. <laughs> I think you can, can't you? <laughs> yeah. You've broken rule B sixteen again, you little squits. Um, Berry cost, just to put it in some context, Berry cost Manchester United twice as much as trying to break football into a thousand pieces. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, the Premier League's annual conference is today, so presumably they just thought, yeah, just deal with this really quickly, move on. Worse, but they have, but they've been deliberating for seven weeks, so clearly this must be the most perfect punishment they could have devised over a period of many weeks mm. and and who are we to question it well, ever since you mentioned Bebe I'm not really listening anymore yeah. you know he's, he's scored a couple of times in the um, promotion playoff semi for Rayo Vallecano oh, he looks decent at that level decent so worth it then yeah pretty much <laughs> ramble indoors transfer yeah. I was actually googling the lyrics to Love Shack okay. if I could make a joke about what rule B52 might be <laughs> but I couldn't really find anything it's because you should have gone for Rock Lobster. Yeah, I should have. I really yeah. should have. <laughs> Let us know. What should Rule B52 be in yes. the Premier League rule? Yeah, definitely do. And uh, of course, it is one day to go until the Euros now. Yes! It's exciting, yes, isn't it? Yes. It's exciting. I feel like a little boy. Oh, I love it. It's, it's so nice to see your enthusiasm. I'm, I'm on the way, having had this chat with you, despite all of the annoying stuff that you've been saying Andy Brassel I have started to come back up from the low at which I started of realising that England aren't actually going to win the Euros but well, I think it's just anxiety isn't it but there's going to be a point where they trick us into thinking they might just do it and that 10 minutes or so is going to be beautiful and it, it will make it all worth it as it does every single time apart from when they're so bad they don't trick you into thinking it was just sort of 10 minutes after the Kieran Trippier free kick in the World Cup Ex- wasn't it exactly exactly oh. 
that was a beautiful moment. Um, Once everyone's barbecuing, it'll be fine. It'll yeah. be fine. Just feel better. Is, it, is that an invite? Because I got some face paint. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Are you? I mean, you, I can d- I put face paint on you? Can I put England flag face paint on you, Andy Brussels? I do have very sensitive skin, so there's some negotiations. I can get some really had. sensitive England flag face paint. Is okay. that a commitment? Uh, well, I suppose the thing is, if it reacts really badly with my skin, I'm going off to Budapest on Monday, so you won't see the results anyway, will you? Well, hopefully yeah. you'll have an England flag burnt onto your face. Yeah. <laughs> Sunburnt I mean, Englishman might be that unusual, will it? <laughs> it look the same. I, mean, I, I tell you, for, for a country that hasn't received British visitors for a while, I can't think of anything better to go through passport <laughs> control with. <laughs> yes, across the ramble over the next day before the Euros kick off, we have got Marcus, Luke and Andy with a big old Euros preview. That's tomorrow's show. Don't forget to listen to that. You can also get your bumper preview of the teams to look out for across Europe on today's On the Continent. And if you catch that and have any questions, head over to our Patreon for 5pm tonight for a live pre-Euros Q&A. That's Marcus, Andy and Nikki Bandini. Patreon.com slash football ramble. We just cannot get enough of this stuff, Russell. You're going to have... You're just buzzing, I can tell. Yes. 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 As we all are. All right, fine. England are going to win the Euros. <laughs> Lovely to see you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, dear listeners. Thanks for joining the studio, Jim. Nice to see you. You too. Nice to see you, Brass. Likewise. Nice to see you, listener friends. Take care. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creative Network. 